Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. One more week until Good Friday. Today we'll be going through Mark chapter 14, verses 43 to 72. Uh, before we get started, please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for another morning of daily breath. We thank you for the gift of life, both physically and spiritually. And may we experience your grace every day with a heart of gratitude. As we draw near to Easter, help us to be reminded of your great love and sacrifice. And may we remember your sacrifice every day beyond each Lenten season and Easter Sunday. As we continue to go through the book of Mark, Holy Spirit, we ask for your guidance. Help us learn and take away from each daily breath session a deeper understanding of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let me start first by reading today's passage, Mark 14, 43 to 72. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged the signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest, then all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. 
Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Uh, so for this section, from verses 43 to 52, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane during the night when he was praying fervently to his father. While Jesus was praying, Judas was in the final act of his betrayal, where we see Judas and the ruling authorities officers coming to arrest Jesus. After Judas kisses Jesus, the guards seize and arrest him. During the arrest, a scuffle takes place when Peter cuts off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Although in Mark, Peter is not specifically mentioned, we know it was Peter from John chapter 18, verse 10. And after the servant's ear was cut off, Jesus proceeded to heal his ear by touching him. Even during such an intense situation where Jesus was being betrayed and unjustly arrested, Jesus was compassionate enough to lay his hands on the servant's ear to heal him. Again, displaying compassion and mercy to those who don't deserve it. I think it's just amazing to think that just before his arrest, Jesus was so deeply distressed and troubled, knowing what was about to happen. But at that moment, Jesus focuses on the servant and showed him such compassion. Later, later during his crucifixion, we would see that same mercy as he was being crucified. While in total agony and pain, he was praying to God, asking him to forgive the people, they, for they know not what they do. Even during the most chaotic, painful, and difficult times, Jesus still shows his amazing grace and mercy. After this violent exchange, Jesus addresses them and asks, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? He tells them that he was with them in the course every day, but that they didn't do anything to Jesus then. I think Jesus was saying that he did things in the open during broad daylight and was not hiding anything while the religious leaders were scheming and acting under the cover of darkness. In verse 50, it says that everyone deserted Jesus and fled, just as Jesus predicted what happened during the Last Supper. As Brian mentioned yesterday, Jesus wanted his disciples to be there and pray with him and support him during the stressful time but instead of praying with him, they kept falling asleep. And when things really got chaotic, they all fled. On a side note, I find it interesting that verse 51 gives a quick account of a young man who was wearing nothing but a linen garment who fled the scene naked when they tried to seize him. It doesn't say who the young man was, although some biblical scholars suspect it may have been Mark himself. I guess it doesn't really matter who it was, but the fact that this follower of Jesus ran scared, even butt naked at a time, shows they were all too scared to stand with Jesus and instead deserted him. I wonder if I was there, what I would have done. Would I have been courageous enough to get arrested with Jesus to show him I'd stand with him no matter what, or run away just like his disciples did? Honestly, I probably would have been the first one to flee. It makes me realize that when it comes down to it, I can't rely on my own courage or confidence like Peter thought he had when he confidently declared he would never abandon Jesus. That kind of courage can only come from God. The next scene, starting in verse 53, is Jesus standing before the Sanhedrin in front of the chief priests and other rulers. They were looking for any evidence or excuse against Jesus so that they could have him convicted. It says that many testified falsely against him, but that their statements didn't agree. According to Jewish laws, in order to find a person guilty of a crime, it required the testimony of two or more witnesses. But the testimonies were conflicting, so they couldn't find Jesus guilty. In fact, providing false witnesses against someone was in itself a crime. But the high priest didn't care about that. He was focused solely on trying to convict Jesus. 
Then in apparent frustration, the high priest confronts Jesus directly and asks him point blank if Jesus is the Messiah, to which Jesus replied, I am, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The religious rulers were probably hoping that the testimony of the witnesses were going to be enough to convict Jesus, but because of the conflicting testimonies, it didn't look like things were going their way until Jesus' own words were enough for them. The trial shows what a sham it was because Jesus was convicted for speaking the truth. Perhaps Jesus could have stayed silent to the end, making it difficult for him to be convicted. But Jesus knew what had to happen. And he let it show that although on the surface it appeared to everyone that Jesus was at the mercy of the court and the religious rulers, in reality, Jesus was in total control and allowed God's will to be done. Uh, in, in this final section of Mark 14, this is where we see Peter's denial of Jesus, not once but three times, just as Jesus predicted. When a servant girl said, this fellow is one of them, Peter denied it and said he didn't know what she was talking about. And then he denied knowing Jesus a second time. The third time, not only did he deny knowing Jesus, but he grew more vociferous and even started calling down curses and swearing, I don't know this man you're talking about. When the rooster crowed the second time, Peter remembered what Jesus predicted and realized what he had done and broke down and wept. And that's how chapter 14 ends. Uh, going back to verse 43, it starts with Judas' betrayal playing out, and then the chapter ends with Peter's denial of Jesus, which is another form of betrayal in a sense. I guess you can look at it as a kind of inclusio of sorts, but in a very different way because of how Judas and Peter handled the outcome of their actions. I think it's important to note the difference between Judas' and Peter's betrayal of Jesus. Obviously, Judas's betrayal was self-motivated by greed, while Peter's denial was because of fear. But more importantly was how they responded. Uh, during the Last Supper, Jesus tells his disciples that one of them would betray him. I find it interesting that Jesus didn't just confront Judas directly and call him out in front of everyone. <laughs> Perhaps Jesus was giving Judas an opportunity to reflect and repent and maybe change his mind. Instead of repenting and changing his mind, Judas went through with his betrayal. We find out later that Judas finally regretted his actions and killed himself. Judas took it upon himself on how he handled this regret. Instead of turning to God and repenting and asking for forgiveness, he killed himself. On the other hand, Peter broke down and wept. He probably felt true remorse for his actions and repented. But later on in John chapter 21, after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus gave Peter a chance to be redeemed for his earlier denial of Jesus. And just as Peter denied Jesus three times, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him three times, to which Peter affirmatively stated yes. It was Jesus' way of redeeming Peter. This is the crucial difference between Judas and Peter. Judas felt a worldly remorse and may have regretted his actions, but he didn't repent or turn to God to ask for forgiveness, whereas Peter had a godly remorse and he repented. We all have moments when we sin and we feel we let Jesus down. But when we do, it's important to make things right with him by repenting and asking God for forgiveness. Uh, and that's, that's all I have for today's session. Uh, let me close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words today. We thank you for your mercy and love for us. Please help us to have courage in our daily lives to live out the gospel and show the world that we are your disciples. And when we sin, help us to have a repentant heart and ask for your forgiveness and mercy which you so generously pour out to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.